You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. podcast. I am your host, Jared Mueller. I appreciate you taking some time with me today, this Tuesday, February 21st. I apologize for my voice and for being off yesterday, starting Thursday of last week and rolling all the way through yesterday. I have been sick as a dog and so unfortunately just not really able to do much of anything. My voice is hurting because of it. And so uh, I thank you for stopping by. Also trying out a new microphone. I've done some tests with it, um, but preparing for the combine, wanted to get some new equipment uh, for videos and those kind of things. And so using a lapel mic tonight. So let me know if you hear things good, bad, or ugly. Always like a little feedback. And so tonight's Locked On Browns podcast is just going to be a little shooting from the hip. Uh, And combining two sports that I love, the NBA and the NFL and our beloved Cleveland Browns. And so uh, because I don't want to make any assumptions that all of you who are Browns fans are also NBA fans, I want to spend a few minutes just kind of explaining what has happened recently um, in the NBA and why I am comparing the Cleveland Browns to the Sacramento Kings and the Los Angeles Lakers. So in the NBA, uh, just... Uh, The other day, DeMarcus Cousins was traded from the Sacramento Kings to the New Orleans Pelicans. Yes, the NBA has a team called the Pelicans, but then again, our team is a color, sort of. Uh, But anyways, and so DeMarcus Cousins, uh, many people would say he's a top 10, 15 player in the league, uh, has some personality quirks, can be difficult to work with. And so while in Sacramento over the last five or so years, the team has been bad. And so they just traded their best player by far. And so a team that uh, really rivals the Browns when it comes to futility um, has really seen very little hope for their team, uh, just traded away their best player. And so uh, that's why the Kings are kind of the topic of conversation. And then the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, everyone at least generally knows who the Lakers are. Um, What many non-basketball fans may not know is the Lakers have fallen off a cliff. They've fallen off a cliff. Uh, Kobe Bryant retired at the end of last year, uh, but really was useless at some level over the last few seasons and really kept the Lakers from being what what they wanted to be. And today they fired their, uh, the Jeannie Buss fired her brother, and the longtime general manager, Mitch Kupchak, and hired Magic Johnson, who, again, all sports people basically know, uh, was involved with the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, is now really running basketball operations for the Los Angeles Lakers, a franchise that is going nowhere fast, or has been going nowhere fast, 
over the last few seasons. And so, why do they compare to the Cleveland Browns? Not just because of losing, but I think it's important to have uh, perspective for, for all teams. And it's not to lay blame or even trying to minimize how bad the Browns are. But I think it's important to look at why other teams are bad so that we can learn from the Browns. And so when we look at Sacramento, much like the Browns, Sacramento has changed everything over the years. They've changed coaches. They've changed front offices. They've even changed owners in a very similar twist that many Browns fans totally understand. Their new owner was a part owner of a very successful or a recently successful NBA franchise. So the owner of the Sacramento Kings used to be a minority owner of the Golden State Warriors, much like Jimmy Haslam being a minority owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers before becoming the Browns owner. So there's a lot of comparisons there where the Kings have been bad for a decade plus because of constant changeover. Their coaches, um, you know, it's hard to even keep track of who their coaches have been over the last few seasons because they don't keep them around. They don't keep their front office around. They don't keep people around long enough to make anything happen. They're always trying to make trades to fast forward things, to try to be really, really creative. And then when things don't work, they kind of blow it up and have to start all over again. Cousins has really been the foundation piece that they could have built around. Whether or not he allowed that, whether or not his personality gets in the way. DeMarcus Cousins is a version of, from a football perspective, of Terrell Owens, or maybe even more similarly to Odell Beckham Jr., who many people would say is a top 10, 15 type player in the NFL, uh, but has some personality quirks, can be a distraction, attitude issues, concerns, those kind of things. This isn't me jumping on DeMarcus Cousins or even Odell Beckham Jr. or Terrell Owens. It's simply kind of discussing what just happened, because it's not just that the Sacramento Kings traded DeMarcus Cousins. It's what they traded him for. And what they traded him for was less than the Cleveland Cavaliers got for John Lure, and no one knows who that is, very few people know who that is, uh, a few seasons ago. You heard me, John Lure, some random nobody who can shoot three-pointers every once in a while and kind of a good hustle guy and might be the seventh, eighth guy off the bench. That's basically the return the Sacramento Kings got for DeMarcus Cousins. The best way to kind of connect the two um, would be trading Odell Beckham Jr. for um, some disappointing second or third round or even first round pick. Let's say Justin Gilbert and maybe a, a second round pick uh, in a couple of years or a third round pick next year, not this year, next year. Um, and let's throw in, I don't know. Let's throw in Cam Irving just cause we could. So Odell Beckham Jr. For Justin Gilbert, a third round pick or a second round pick or whatever. And Cam Irving or pick another random player. I'm not just trying to look at first round busts. But that's what the Sacramento Kings got in exchange for DeMarcus Cousins. So not only are they constantly in change, they also just don't know how to value their players. 
They don't know how to make good decisions to build around their stars when they get a star. And then you have the Los Angeles Lakers who decided to acquiesce to their veteran, Kobe Bryant, for the last few years when Kobe really hasn't been a quality player. Kobe has turned off other free agents. He legendarily told Dwight Howard, come here and play, stay and play, and you can learn how to win from me. When you're trying to woo a multi-million dollar player who has lots of options, telling them that you can come and learn from me is not exactly a way to gather players together. Kobe was terrible at it. And instead of Los Angeles turning the page when things weren't going well, instead of Los Angeles turning the page because Kobe Bryant started getting injured, instead of Los Angeles uh, amnestying Kobe Bryant, they gave him more money and more years and ate up their salary cap. And, and literally last year decided it was all about sending Kobe off right, not about developing their young players. So players like D'Angelo Russell, um, Brandon Ingram, those kind of guys, uh, just in general, the Lakers decided last year was not worth not worth developing those players because they wanted to send Kobe outright. The Lakers have been living on the fact that they're the Los Angeles Lakers. They've been terrible because they've just assumed players would come to them because they're the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, the Browns don't have that issue at all, but they do have to be careful that they don't just assume things that they don't just hold on to players longer than they need to. Again, we're all sentimental about Joe Thomas. There may come a point in time over the next two or three years that Joe Thomas is Kobe Bryant. Now, Joe has always been a good teammate. Everyone loves, loves Joe Thomas. But the fact of the matter is that the Browns have to be willing to make those hard decisions. They can't rest on what they currently have done what has worked in the past, or whatever. Now, the Browns don't have that concern right now about being coming like the Lakers. They really don't have star players to acquiesce to. Jamie Collins might be one of them. Joe Hayden is a star name. But the question for me becomes, when we look at these three franchises, the Kings, the Browns, and the Lakers, who, who has it worse right now? And I know this can sound a little little homerish, but when you look at the fact that the Kings continue to make poor decisions, they make rash decisions. They literally, one of the biggest reasons they made this decision was a couple games ago or the last game before the All-Star break, they played pretty well without DeMarcus Cousins. So eh, let's go ahead and trade him. After committing to both him and his agent that they weren't going to trade him, yeah, let's just make that deal. And the GM said, I could have made a better deal two days ago, but it, it didn't happen, which either means he made a terrible decision, he's incorrect in what he's saying, or his ownership pushed him to make a worse deal, and now he's throwing his ownership under the bus. Other people have said the agents are the reason he couldn't get that deal because the agents started poisoning the water, which is possible, but make sure you know this, the Kings had no reason to trade him. They will have him all of next season. And so when you're getting pennies on the dollar, you're in no rush to make a decision, but the Kings decided to nonetheless. The Lakers have decided that Magic Johnson is the answer. In a lot of ways, this would be like when Browns fans want Bernie Kosar to be brought in. Now, 
if the Browns want to bring Bernie Kosar or Jim Brown in to um, help them to discuss things, to be a face, whatever it is, please know I'm all in support of that. That's not what happened in L.A. The Lakers started over. They got rid of their long-term GM. She fired her brother. And now Magic Johnson is in charge. Ten days ago, he had never read the collective bargaining agreement. Ten days ago, he had never read the thing that pretty much runs things in the NBA. Sounds about what probably would have happened if the Browns would have hired Bernie Kosar to run things. Again, no offense to Bernie and no offense to Magic, but the Lakers are really just repeating old behaviors. They acquiesced to Kobe Bryant for far too long. Now, a former Laker, a former Laker great, a name, Magic Johnson, is now running things. And guess who Magic wants to bring in for whatever position he'd like? Whatever position this person would like, Magic wants to bring him in. Talk about power. Yep, that's Kobe Bryant. And so the Lakers continue to repeat their mistakes. It's very clear they believe they're still the Lakers, and that means something. And so when you repeat your mistakes over and over again, what do you get? You get the Cleveland Browns of the last blank years, whatever you want to use that number for, basically since their return. Because what the Browns have done is decided to not be patient. They've decided to uh, try something new, try something different. Again, they have tried everything They've hired the football guy. They've hired the analytics department. They've hired the great um, scouts. They've hired the former players. They've hired the people who have done it in different locations. They've, they've done it all. They've got a new owner. They've done it all. They've done every single possible thing you could do except keep it together. So when we look at three terribly run franchises, the Sacramento Kings, what do we know? They keep doing the same thing over and over again. Now, their same thing, much like the Browns' same thing, is change. The Lakers keep doing the same thing over and over again. They keep relying on their name players. They, they rely on their name to make things happen. Assuming because Kobe Bryant is Kobe Bryant, he was going to be able to draw free agents. That never happened. So why would you assume and want to bring in Kobe Bryant thinking he would, I don't know, coach some players maybe, be a special assistant, or maybe he's going to jump into the front office. But remember the last time Kobe Bryant tried to recruit some players? It, it never worked. And then Magic Johnson has been great at business. Magic Johnson didn't know or read the CBA until 10 days ago. It's a ridiculous idea that just because you're the Lakers – just because Kobe Bryant and Magic Johnson have been successful in the past, that all of a sudden those people, those players are going to be good. Look, they brought in Byron Scott. I'm surprised they haven't brought in every other former Laker they could. Kurt Rambis was there for a little while. They've tried everything around being Lakers as if that automatically makes you good. So when we look at these three franchises, and listen, there are more. But right now, the NBA is kind of the hot spot. It's the NBA trade deadline. Uh, they just had their all-star break. And Magic Johnson, two days before the NBA trade deadline, is now in charge of the Lakers. 
So when we look at these three terrible franchises, one has a chance to change things. The Kings keep doing things differently and changing things up. Most likely are going to have to do things differently again because they have no future. The Lakers are now tied to Magic Johnson for as long as they or Magic decide to be and probably going to be tied to Kobe Bryant. Again, the idea of being the Lakers is more important than anything else to them. It is the Cleveland Browns that have the opportunity to do something different. They've brought in this analytics department. That is the same. They've brought in somebody different all the time. They have the opportunity to stick with something. They have an opportunity to build a foundation, to build a culture, to not change. They have an opportunity for stability to reign. It is up to Jimmy Haslam, Paul D. Podesta, Sashi Brown, Andrew Barry, Hugh Jackson, and the rest to prove that the Browns are better than the Sacramento Kings, that the Browns are better than the Los Angeles Lakers, that the Browns are better than whatever franchise you want to put in that blank. But here's what we know so far. Bad franchises keep doing what bad franchises keep doing. They do. For Browns fans, some of us, it's all about getting the quarterback. Some of us, it's all about getting the best players available. For me, I've been really clear. It's all about keeping the same freaking regime for at least three full seasons, preferably five. And I said it about Mike Pettin and Ray Farmer. And I'm saying it again now about Sashi Brown. said it about Rob Chudinsky, Joe Banner, and all. I don't care. Give me three to five seasons so that the Browns can stop doing what they've always done. Because they've always done it. And then they've lost. It comes in that order, folks. Losing comes from the decisions to always be changing. The Sacramento Kings will continue to lose. They will continue to be terrible. And it is my expectation that the Los Angeles Lakers will continue to lose and be terrible until they get lucky. Because they're going to get lucky. The Lakers tend to get lucky. They tend to get Kobe Bryant in a trade for Vlade Divac. Oh, by the way, Vlade Divac is the GM for Sacramento now. So things happen for the Lakers. I think they're going to get lucky, but it's not going to happen quickly. So can the Browns finally break their mold? What do you think? Get a hold of me on Twitter. That's at Jared K. Mueller. That's J-A-R-E-D. K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Thanks for stopping by this Lockdown Browns podcast. Remember, you can subscribe through iTunes, hopefully Monday through Friday, with a good 15 to 25-minute conversation about our beloved Cleveland Browns. Thanks for stopping by. Go Browns!